Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Norristown, Pennsylvania. Today is Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Today we're reading from the big book, page 68, and how it works. Perhaps the second paragraph, perhaps there's a better way. And we're reading one paragraph. Today's readers are. For the 12 steps and that M, 12 traditions, Kim T. Our reader of the text is Jen A. Second, um, our second reader, page 164, is the Our backup reader is Lauren N. Our newcomer reader is Sandy C. And second, our host is Devorah S. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. The 7 a.m. meeting was 17,256. That's 17256. The 10 a.m. meeting was 17,257. So 17257. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And a vision for you, big book study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Annette M. to read the 12 steps. Star one, Annette. Hi, this is Annette M. from Toronto, Canada. Thank you for letting me do service. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we try to carry the message to the to to food uh, the message to to food addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thanks, Annette. I want to I ask Kim T to read the twelve traditions. Good morning. This is Kim T, recovered compulsive reader in Colorado. The twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive whole reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic that was read. Um, topic and literature we are discussing, I'm sorry. And that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on mute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're in How It Works, page 68, the second paragraph. And we're going to read, perhaps there's a better way uh, down to match calamity with serenity. And I asked Jen A to read this. Thanks, Russ. Good morning. Perhaps there's a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role that he assigns, just to the extent that we do 
as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity. So, you know, yesterday I looked at my fear inventory. I've written my fears thoroughly on paper. I looked at how self-reliance failed me. Self, self isn't helping me too much. So it's telling me not just once, not just twice, but I think one, two, three, four, five, six times that I'm now going to rely on God or he or spirit of the universe, whatever, whatever your power greater than yourself is. It's not you. Um, and that's what I learned in this um, inventory process. Um, what is my role? My role is to do two things. My role is to trust, and my role is to rely upon God. And I love this paragraph because what is trust? So let's look at the chair in my kitchen, for example. I trust and I know that that chair in the kitchen, um, when I sit on it, is there, right? So I sit down on that chair trusting, okay, it's there to support me while I eat my breakfast. But I rely that it's going to hold my weight and then it's going to support me the entire time that I'm sitting there. I'm not worrying. I'm not fretting. I'm not having to figure out, um, you know, how am I going to sit there for that entire time? I trust and rely on the chair. I have confidence in it, right, and believe in it. That's the power greater than me. That's my trusting. And my reliance is that I depend on it. I'm no longer self-reliant, self-dependent, self-sufficient. I am now on a new basis, a better way. How awesome is that? I love when we get to the fear, right? Whether we're in the resentment, whether we're just looking at a straight out fear, it's like, who is this? This God cares for me. He keeps me safe. He guides me. He directs me. That's a pretty awesome thing. And I love the word that's used in here. We trust an infinite God. You know, infinite God to me is endless love. I always wondered what love was. You know, I had this plaque in, in my bedroom when I was married, and it, it talked about love. And I thought, I've got to have a definition of love, because maybe if I can define love, you know, that love, that love will show up in my life, that I will feel love, that I will be loved. Um, and when I started to look at God in, in step two, because I think this correlates a lot to step two, is that I began to see that God created everything. He created me, um, and he created the most miraculous thing, like birth. I look at birth, the birth of a child. That's amazing to me. Or the rainbows in the sky. He puts them in perfect order. He doesn't put like hot pink, orange, yellow, green, and blue. No, he puts it in perfect order, and it always appears after a rainbow. I mean, after a rainstorm, right? That's when a rainbow appears. It's perfect. There's no limitations on the God of my understanding. I cannot fathom his love, right? I cannot measure his love. There's no boundaries to his love, no limits to his love. And I cannot even tell you that I have seen God do the miraculous in my life as a result of the trust and reliance that I place on him on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis. So today I know God on a different basis. Um, you know, there's no big fears or little fears in the world of the spirit, people. Right. So whatever your fear is, just look at it. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Jen. Now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so uh, others might share their experience too. So if you share it on it's Thursday, so Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let someone else share. So, all right, we're going to take the first list. I Linda D. Linda. Amy G. 
Adrian. Tina S. Amy. Rick J. Nasa. Reva P. Rick J. I got Rick. I got Reva. I missed. Uh, so I got Linda, Adrian, Amy, Nessa, Rick, Reva, and I missed one more. Melissa. Melissa. Irene. Melissa C. I got. I got Irene. Let's take one more. I'm trying to go for record here. Tina S. That's who it was. Sorry, Tina. I knew I had somebody in there. All right. Great. So we got Linda D, Adrian, and I believe Amy G, Nessa R, Rick J, Reva P, Melissa C, Irene B, and Tina S. Now that's a list. Linda, you are up. Star one. Good morning, everybody. You crack me up, Ross. It's so funny. Um, I love what was said. I'm Linda D, by the way. I'm from Connecticut, and I'm recovered. I'm so grateful to have you guys and gals. Um, okay, I love what was said previous, you know, the, the take on this. I did end up in the same place as the, as the uh, reader did, but I didn't start out there. My goodness, I w- when I was, I've been in the program a long time. So uh, when I started out, my first sponsor uh, had me um, outline or, you know, underline this paragraph, first thing. And she said, put on the page there how to find peace. And I went, okay. And, you know, and then I did whatever she told me to do perfectly. <laughs> no. I did the best I could. And I was really floored by the word God. Some people have a a grip on that. I did not. So there I was talking to the air, I thought, the question mark in the sky, and the book told me it was within, and I went, okay, Uh, it doesn't sound right, but, but the point is, it is. All of that stuff, whatever you call it, there is a higher intelligence. It's totally loving. And you won't believe me till you experience it. So do the work because you will. And that's absolutely the truth. And meanwhile, like me, I have to walk through fears. Some of them are doozies. They are doozies. I'm human. I don't understand everything. And the day before yesterday, I had four hours of terror. And in my head, because I practice a lot. In my head, I'm saying to God, what do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do next? I just followed the breadcrumbs. I did whatever I heard. There wasn't a lot of time for pausing. It was really, really dangerous what was going on. And it was in approximately 100-degree heat. And at the end of the day, it was resolved from out, seemingly from out of nowhere. No. And then neighbors came in on it and everything. It was remarkable. I ended up happy, exhausted, but happy. There's no way to explain that except these steps and a higher power, and it turns out to have a name. For me, it's God. You call it whatever you want. It's love. I pass. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate it. 
So next up, we have Adrian N. followed by Amy G. You're up, Adrian. Hi, this is Adrian N. from Florida. I'm very nervous, and that's my fear. Is my fear is saying something, uh, and you know, people knowing that I'm stupid, not just thinking that I'm stupid. Um, so it was drummed into my head, you know, better to be silent and people think you're stupid than to open your mouth and prove it. And every time I opened my mouth, I was told I was stupid. So, you know, and also like that I was a reflection on my religion. So if I did something wrong, I was a disgrace to the whole religion that I represented. Or, uh, you know, when I went into a man's field at work, uh, I was the only woman. I was the first woman to enter. And it was like, you ha- I had to prove myself because I was representing all females. And so no matter how hard something was, I did it anyway. No matter how much I hurt myself physically, I did it anyway. And I'm still living in fear. I'm retired like 21 years already, and I'm still feeling like if I say something, I'm stupid. If I'm not strong like the 20-year-olds at the gym, then I'm a disgrace. And, and it's my whole life is is built on fear. You know, everything. I won't even share in the morning because my husband's around, and I'm afraid what will he think if he hears what I say. Uh, so it, it's just you know such an eye opener that everything I do, everything I say or don't do, more what I don't do is because of fear. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it. Next up is Amy G. Followed by Nessa R. Hey, Russ. Up, my name is... Thank you so much, Russ. My name is Amy G. I am a compulsive eater from Maryland. So grateful to be here. Thank you for your service. Well, so we've been talking a lot about self-reliance and fears, and I don't know about you all, but those are very, uh, uh, very completely connected and correlated for me because, you know, I failed miserably at it. And, you know, if I feared, I tried to rely more. When I tried to fail, when I failed self-reliance, then I feared more. When I had fears, I tried to control more. I mean, it was just this vicious, vicious cycle. And how did it work for me? I failed miserably. And here they're saying in this incredibly powerful paragraph, perhaps there is a better way. We think so. And I absolutely agree. And it reminds me of page 17. And there is a solution that says the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism and for me, compulsive eating. There is a better way. Relying on myself, I saw from my inventory inventory very clearly did not work for me, and it was killing me. 
So now I have a better way. You all were telling me there was a better way, and all I had to do was believe in a power greater than myself, whatever that was, as long as it was more powerful than me. And I love the two words in this paragraph, infinite and finite. Well, pretty clearly, my finite self was not doing so well. So when I found and at least was willing to believe in something greater than me, I wanted it big. I wanted it infinite. I wanted it to have all the power that was needed so that I could recover. And that is what I believe now, my infinite God. And I don't have the answers, nor do I want to ask all the answers. I just know that I have the power because I have this relationship with my higher power. And just to the extent do we do as he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? What an incredible promise. I've been able to be blessed to be in this program for a few 24, and I can tell you that that is true. And it makes it brings me to tears to think that I have a way that allows me to deal with calamity because that's life, right? Calamity shit is going to happen. And how am I going to deal with it now if I don't have my crutch, if I don't have my food, if I don't have my self-reliance, if I don't have my ego, if I don't have my fears, how do I handle life on life's terms? I now have a higher power. I now have 12 steps. I now have a fellowship. I now have tools. So now I don't do it perfectly like others have so well said, but I can match the calamity that comes in my life in a different way, in a spiritual way, in a God-centered way instead of a self-centered way. And guess what? It works. It's a common solution upon which we can absolutely agree because it is the better way. For me, Uh, it is the better way. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. Next up is Nessa R. followed by Rick J. Hi, good morning, Vision for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, Amy stole my thunder with regards to um, matching calamity with serenity, but I'm going to go ahead anyway. Um, you know, I've learned uh, fear and faith are, are mutually exclusive. If I have fear, it's because I have no faith, you know, and I'm trying to control something that I cannot control and it's not working. You know, so I have fear because deep down I know that I have no control. But yet, you know, as incredible as that may seem, I exert myself even more to try to clear the debris of the future and it doesn't work. Like it just leaves me discouraged, it leaves me demoralized and, and it leaves me and it leaves me in the food. But if I have faith, like if I trust in God then I don't have fear because I know that even though things may seem out of control from my perspective, I know that someone with a capital S is controlling everything and everything is the way it is supposed to be. Even I guess, and especially when they are not, things are not the way I, I want to, I want them to be when things are not to my, to my liking. But I know that no matter what the outcome, I know that I'm going to be okay. And This is where, you know, I can match calamity with serenity because trust means that, God has my back and having my back does not mean that he's going to give me everything I want, but having my back means that he's giving me what I need to pull through whatever it is that I'm going through without having to compulsively overeat. And how do I get rid of that fear? Um, How do I face that fear? Through the steps. If I work the steps, if I am entirely abstinent while I'm doing it, 
Um, I'm going to get there. You know, the fear will dissipate and I'm going to be focused on what God would have me be. And the first thing that God would have me be always is trusting and reliance upon him and not on my own um, self. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nessa. So before Rick J jumps on here, he got on a little later. I want to let you know where we're at. We're on page 68 and how it works. Perhaps there is a better way. Second paragraph, I'm going to read that paragraph. So we got Rick J followed by Reva P. Hey, Rick. Hey, buddy. Uh, this is Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina, but not cured, as my dear friend says. Um, yeah, and thank you uh, for your service and uh, love the shares. And thank you to Jen for getting us started. A lot for me to uh, to really just be inspired by. And I love this meeting, and I love I love this big book. I love my higher power. I love my abstinence and my recovery. I really am in gratitude today, and and I am on a different basis now. Um, there's a foundation, you know, underneath me that uh, is working. And it is that basis of trust and reliance upon this this power greater than me that has restored me to sanity. The uh, the old, you know, the old basis, my old foundation was forcing my life to happen the way my self will directed me, you know, and uh, that selfishness and self centered existence where there was a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-pity, self-seeking. You know, that was the foundation that my life was built on. You know, and that insanity of that kind of life kept me confined in that prison of my self-will, an extreme example of self-will running riot. And yes, infinite God, you know, endless without measure forever and it is love and it is freedom you know and when i'm locked up into to the bondage of my self-will there's no freedom there it is finite it's bound by limits and with my higher power there are no limits and even though i can have not just a calamity of events in my life, but my thinking can go. My my thought life, you know, I I have the chronic mind of a compulsive overeater, and sometimes my my thinking will take me into calamity, and nothing has really happened. Like that old saying, you wouldn't believe all the horrible things I've lived through that haven't happened yet, and that's how my brain sometimes thinks. And at the same time, there's a thought that's coming in wait a minute, pause here, you know, God, show me the way. That first thought is coming into my head, you know. I can bridge that. I can connect it. I can pause for a second thought and a first action, you know, and that's where that trust and reliance is coming on us. And and the serenity, I love seeing that word serenity there. You know, when I am in trust, it's one of the promises, and, and this is where that promise is stemming from, is when we start God. doing this, we actually can comprehend the word serenity and their peace. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rick. Next up is Reva P. 
followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Toronto today. Um, You know, I read this paragraph over and over, and it's like, yeah, I get it. I'm not supposed to be self-reliant, trusting and relying on God is the answer. And every time I do a step 10 or some inventory work and I look at my fears, there I am again, self-reliance. And when I'm in self-reliance, I'm in tremendous fear. Um, And it's based on the dishonesty and the lie that I think I know. I think I know how awful it's going to be. I think I know I'm not going to be taken care of. Um, And that's not trusting and relying. And this sentence matching calamity with serenity, that has saved me so many times. And, you know, calamity can be real disaster, catastrophe, distress, real life events. And calamity could be like others have shared what my mind is doing with a simple situation. And I can make catastrophic things small and I can make small things catastrophic and that's just part of my disease and the miracle miracle of this program is that if I put the food down and I do the work which is about what I have to do in order to think as God would have me think I can't think if I'm blocked so I have to do the work and then rely on him the past six months I have been through real life calamity and I have been serene And right now I'm staying with family and I feel like I'm in worse calamity. So there you go. Um, But this shows me that it's not the life events that dictate the state of my inner um, environment. My inner serenity is independent of whatever is going on around me. That to me is the hugest promise that no matter what is happening in life, not only can I be obstinate, I can be serene, I can be peaceful, and hey, I could even be useful and thinking of others if I am spiritually fit. Like how awesome is that? I do not have to be afraid of whatever God brings my way um, because when he brings the problem, he also brings the infinite solution. Um, And yeah, calamity with serenity um, that is, I think, one of the greatest promises. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Next up is Melissa C., followed by Irene B. Hey, Ross. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive reader from New York. I'm in Florida currently. Um, so, you know, I, I read this whole thing, and I'm in the world to play the role that he assigns, right? So, like, God gives out the script, and I've got a part in this show. And I'm not the director. I'm not in control of the lights. Like, I don't have anything to say about the costumes, the dance moves, none of it. Basically, I think I got a bit part, right? It feels like a huge part, but it's just a bit part. And if I play it well, then even if I don't like any particular scene that I'm in, I don't really have to worry or be afraid because God's got the script. And, you know, one of what I see is that when I list all my fears on paper, they're all valid, like real things that normal people would say one should be afraid of. And I like I used to think early on in recovery that um, 
I would look at my specific tragedies and that would inform me that I was entitled to be afraid. And anytime I would list them, it was with the intention of getting you just to understand that I'm really entitled to them. And that is really sad to think that you're entitled to be afraid. And I can still go there today. Like, that's the sad truth. That's why I need to be here. Every one of my fears is worth being afraid of. And so the inventory isn't about trying to get me or anybody to see that these things can't ever happen because they do, right? We lose loved ones. We get sick. We lose jobs. We go through difficulties. Bosses don't like my ideas, you know, um, people I love get sick. So it's not about the specifics. And what I found is that all of my fears really whittle down to my fear that I'm going to be uncomfortable and in pain. And it's either physical or emotional pain. And that true too is inevitable. But like, here's the incredible thing. Like if I really stay close to God and in each situation seek his guidance, like doing just what God is, you know, informing me in that moment, you know, then in times of disaster and stress, I really am common at peace. And that's been my, that's been my experience. Like my perspective today has shifted because same hard circumstances, same history of loss and pain, but I've moved from like using those experiences as evidence of things to fear as evidence that I'm going to be given enough to survive it because guess what? I'm still here. I've still survived it. And what I found was when I look back at everything, I've never been left alone. God has consistently given me people, his people. Someone shows up and gives me just what I need to get through. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Irene B., followed by Tina S., and then we're going to take another list. Star one, Good Irene. Good morning. Good go. morning. There it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., um, recovering bulimic from Louisiana. Um, I feel nothing, and I'm scared because... Um, because my God, who I know, is all the beautiful things that everyone has talked about this morning. I know he is. He's shown that time and again. As an adult, he has. As a child, I felt like he abandoned me. And I know he didn't, but that's just a feeling. Um, but I recognize now that he didn't. I thought, I love God. I thought that I relied on him. And my denial has done it to me again. Um, I don't see what I don't see. I didn't see that um, that I didn't trust God the way that I totally can. Not the way I should, but the, the way that I can. I didn't trust him. I don't trust him. What I do, I was fine as long as I'm my husband with me. You know, I, I was convinced that 
that I believed and trusted and had faith. But now all my fears have come to fruition and my husband is living with another woman in Columbus, Ohio. And I've known about this for seven and a half months. Well, he filed for divorce seven and a half months ago and I found out later. And he's still denying it. And I'm devastated. I'm crushed. And I was so proud to say that in spite of all this, I hadn't binged and purged. Well, I did on Sunday and I shared on Monday because there was something that I really wanted to share about. But I couldn't bring myself to say that I binged and purged. And I felt like such a fraud. And I couldn't finish my share. And I sounded like a dead person alive because that's what bulimia does to me. I sabotage myself. It's, it's like, that's what I'm asking myself. Am I sabotaging myself? What's going on? I thought I would never, ever, ever, ever do that again because I'm terrified of that world and that life. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Irene. Next up is Tina S., and then we'll take another list. Tina Thanks Storm. so much, there Russ. There you go. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tina, compulsive eater, anorexic in uh, Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. What a great meeting. You know, and uh, and this is one of my favorite paragraphs, and I, I say that for everyone that I share on. But it says, perhaps there's a better way. You know, we think so. You know, what I was always told when I come in was if I wanted something different, I had to do something different. You know, and as long as I was relying on self, I got nothing. You know, um, self-reliance failed me utterly. You know, finite self, all that good stuff that was shared in all the shares before me. You know, and it says we're on a different basis now. You know, and this comes in a place when, when we're, you know, in the fourth step. You know, so we've already done steps one through three. You know, I've made a decision to go on with the rest of the steps. I've made a decision, you know, to turn my will, which is my thoughts and my actions, over to a power greater than myself, period. You know, so I make that decision, so I start the work, you know. And so today, you know, and also I was told, you know, if you don't believe this, believe that I believe this, or act as if. You know, try something different. You know, because your way got you several seats and several 12-step programs. So why not try something different? You know, and, and to be in the world to play the role he assigns. You know, okay, so there's some principles behind these steps. So maybe I could, you know, try practicing these principles in my life. You know, maybe that's the role he assigns, you know. And to humbly rely on him, you know, to really get out of the way, to be teachable, to be right-sized, and I love what was shared. You know, he enables us to match calamity with serenity. Duh. Finally. What a gift. Because I never could match calamity with serenity. You know, I was always one stirring the pot. 
You know, and I don't have to do that today. And the only way I cannot do that, and, I, and it was shared, is if I do this trusting and relying on God, infinite God rather than finite self. You know, and I just love, I just love that there's a different way today to live because if I continue to live the way I used to, I'd be in the food, I'd be in the booze, I'd be in the drugs, I'd be in this, I'd be in all of that because I didn't like who I was, so something had to change the way that I felt. And so today what changes the way that I feel and changes the things that I do is the 12 steps and a transformation that comes about through the work. And I'm blessed. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. So we're going to take another list of for those who want to share. And we got, uh, we're in How It Works, page 68, the second paragraph. And we're just going to read that paragraph. And although we value exp- your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day that others might have their opportunity to share their experience too. So, you know, to deal with that, who is up? Who wants to share? Barbara. 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 Tanya. I got got Roz. There was somebody in the UK. I got Deanna. I missed someone else. Deanna P. Roz G. Claire E in the UK? Claire. There we go. We got Claire. So what are we looking at here? We could t- I think we could take one more. We can Anita take one more. Okay, we'll take any. That's gonna be our list. So we got Barbara S, Roz G, Claire E, Deanna P, and Anita L. If there's extra time, definitely get others to share. Barbara S, you're up. Star one, Barbara. Could you hear me? This is Barbara Barbara S. from New York. Very, very grateful to be here. Um, And this paragraph is exactly what I needed to hear this morning because yesterday I did not bring my higher power into an incident that drove me into calamity in my mind. Uh, I wanted to do a turnover, a 10th step to somebody, and then my, my insane mind said, oh, no one wants to hear this. This is too little or too, too big. It, it rehashed some of my, the incident rehashed some of my um, tragedy of my childhood and it really wasn't a tragedy that was going on it was just it was i immediately should have asked god instead i was asking myself and myself brought me into craziness that grew and grew i was even a little or very nasty to my significant other uh it worked out. God did work this incident out, but I could have avoided hours of worry and, and craziness. Then I went on to a meeting later in the day and said I was fearful of a relapse. Thank God, and absolutely thank God, I did not have a relapse. But I was fearful that if I continued to go on and didn't ask for help, I would have a relapse. So God was with me, but I should have had the faith that 
my higher power was there. I should have had faith that that I, I could have avoided the, the the insanity of my mind. I could have avoided it because God does love me. I know that because of things that are going on lately, the positive things, that I'm more healthy, that my diabetes is manageable, and that was thank. Thank God. Um, I'm going to keep on saying God, but and thank you for the, this meeting. But um, that was a real, I don't want to curse, a real B yesterday. That was really, and it was self-inflicted. It was self-inflicted because I blocked out my higher power. I didn't even think of it. And it's a lesson. And this... Uh, higher power brought me to this meeting this morning. I'm on most meetings, but this paragraph, I have to circle it and highlight it along with all the other highlights, but this is the answer. So thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Next up is Roz G, followed by Claire E. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And whenever I've learned through this work that whenever I'm afraid of something, I'm trusting in human humanness. I'm, I'm trusting in human beings or humankind or human ideas. And according to this book, and I'm beyond human aid. And it's so comforting to know that when really when when things come up and that i and that i identify it as a fear i can trust in my infinite higher power who is kind loving caring compassionate ever present a demonstrator of love loving and funny you know my my, my higher power has a sense of humor because i believe laughter is is a wonderful medicine and whenever I'm trying to play the role, and trust me, I wanted to—I never wanted to play the role God gave me. I always wanted something else. I always thought I'm different, and I, and I want to be recognized, and I want uh, notoriety, and I'm going to strive to get it. And that is really exhausting. And so, when uh, I believe I, I'm in my middle ages now, I—I I know what God. I believe I know what, what role God has for me. And there's a few of them. It's not just one. You know, I have a role in my family. I have a role at work. I have a role at my church. I have a role in this program. And when I play those roles, just to the way that he would have me play them, it's beautiful. And I'll just share, want to share that one of my, I have two dogs and one of my dogs is, is very ill. And it's it's just about time for me to let her go, and um, I'm humbling I'm humbly relying upon God and getting on my knees and asking me asking God to give me the intuition to tell me when it is time and I believe it's coming up within the next few days, and you know it's better for her to be crossing the Rainbow Bridge than living here sad, and that's to me that's serene because. She's not here to serve me, you know, even though she's a great loyal friend. And to live 
you know, without being hardly able to get up and not wanting to eat is not, not joy, happy, joyous, and free. And so I can see that and, and let her go with love and compassion. And uh, not, she's not here to serve me. So with that, I pass and thank you. Thanks, Roz. Next up is Claire E. And then we might have to split time between Deanna and Anita. Let's see where we go with that. Claire, you're up. Brilliant. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Thanks to everyone for their service for making this meeting happen. And what great stuff has been shared. I really have enjoyed the sharing this morning. Um, I never noticed how many times the words trust and rely are in that paragraph until today. And, um, you know, what's been said about self-reliance, you know, and, and fear. You know, it says earlier in the book that I'm driven. I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-pity. And, and you know, that has been my life. You know, that's why I was on self-reliance and that's why I was so fearful. It's, it's, it's sort of been shared. Um, and, you know, like others have shared as well, you know, when I actually boil down to it, most of my fear is of emotional pain, um, is of there not being a God, of my self-reliance failing me. Um, of being alone you know they're pretty common fears really most of them sort of have different branches but the root of it's pretty much the same and it reminds me of that bit in the book where it says you know the basis a different basis of trusting and relying upon God it's it's that bit of the book that reminds me of you know our roots graft new soil this is this is the soil that I need to be planted in the basis of trusting and relying and um, and I really, again, agree and love what's been shared about infinite God, because my thinking is so binary. It's going to be this or that. And, um, you know, when I take my fears and my inventory and I really say that fear prayer that comes up in the next paragraph, you know, how would you have me be, God? You know, we, we are, I'm in, you know, and in the world to play the role you would find. What would a recovered person do you know, if I had unwavering faith and confidence in my higher power how would I be thinking how would I be behaving and when I can really reframe my fear in that manner you know there's all sorts of stuff that comes up for me and it just reminds me you know when I do trust and rely on my higher power that there's often so many options and so many things I've not thought of you know I just have this tiny little bit of the jigsaw puzzle and and my god has the whole puzzle and you know it's it's I, I don't see the whole picture um, and when I when I can get into that space of just taking it all and really trusting that my you know that whatever happens will be the best outcome for for anyone, then I can match calamity with serenity with serenity. And what an amazing word that is! You know, it's that real peace, um, that real peace that comes with just not having to be in charge anymore, with just surrendering yet again, surrendering to whatever it is that my higher power is going to have me being, knowing that whatever it is, it's going to be absolutely fine and as it's meant to be. Um, So again, so much more I get from this program than merely abstinence, although obviously abstinence is the ticket in the door, but it's it's just an amazing way to live and, and a completely different basis. And I will leave it there. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. So, for the next two shares, we have five minutes. Could we have Deanna take two and a half and Anita take two and a half? Would that be all right? That sounds just fine to me. Good morning. May I be heard? You got it. Go ahead. Good morning, sir. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, my name's Deanna P. I'm gratefully recovered in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, 
before I before I came into program, I used to pride myself. Uh oh, just there that word right there should be a red flag, right? I used to pride myself in the fact that I was a woman of faith. And it wasn't until I came into program and did the the work, especially on the fears, that I realized I was more defined by my fears than my faith. And I was more agnostic in my actions uh and and around my food than I, I, I ever realized. And, um, yeah, but I had, I had, um, a reputation to uphold. I I had to be perfect. Um, um, I had something to prove at all times. I couldn't be vulnerable, um, to anyone. So because I had all of that to uphold, I couldn't admit that I was fearful and afraid. I couldn't really see who I was. And um, with uh, the words uh, infinite and finite, finite, my mind is just childish, childish so often of the time. And I think of Buzz Lightyear and he knew infinity and beyond. Poor Buzz, he thinks he actually is a higher power and then he's got a rocket on his back and he doesn't. He doesn't even realize that he's just a toy. And, you know, he walks into the toy store and all of a sudden, all he sees is other buzz light years like himself behind plastic. And he's faced with the fact that, oh, my God, I don't have a rocket on my back. I'm not a higher power. I'm just a toy. (laughs) But it's freeing in the sense that when he really discovers who he really is, he actually can be a toy and just be who he is. And I, I, I love that because that is exactly what step four and five did for me. I walked into the supermarket and I saw myself for who I really was. And I'm like, great. Now I really know who I am and I can just be free. I don't have to have a rocket on my back. So with that, I'm going to pass everybody. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Next up is Anita L. You're going to be our final share. You got about two and a half minutes, Anita. Okay, thanks, Russ. Uh, This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, living in the solution today. Thank you, God. Um, I wanted to share for several reasons. Uh, One is, and it's not related really to the paragraph, is that I've heard today um, he guides me or whatever. And my higher power is not a he. I actually don't use pronoun for my higher power. And so I just wanted to kind of be the spokesperson to let others know on the line, especially if you're new, that it's not necessarily a he. It's a God of my understanding. However, I choose to make my personal higher power loving, compassionate, guiding, forgiving. Um, And so... uh, relying on infinite God rather than finite self. Um, When I get into fear, thank you, God, I am able to recognize I'm coming from my own thinking and I do a 10th step and the way I do it with the fear prayer, releasing the fear to my higher power, it says, and um direct my attention to how God would have me be. And I used to write, God would have me be, trusting, faithful, whatever. 
And now I've chosen to let God write the letter to me. And I, I meditate before I ha- do the act of writing what God's words are for me. And let me tell you, God, uh, guys, it's always so loving. Even when, you know, there have been days when God has said things that, you know, not always a loving statement. However, following it up by saying, and I love you. And together we can do what we could never do alone. And uh, as far as matching calamity with serenity, I have personally experienced that. And it's beautiful because it's true. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Anita. You're going to be our last share for today. And thank you for every, uh, thank you to everybody who shared. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. So today's share ID, July 1st, 2021, 17,265. That's 17265. We will now close the reading from the uh, close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Deanna P. Please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you so much. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Everyone have a